the guy that wrote the Jungle Book was named Rudyard Kipling. And it said that in his heyday, Rudyard Kipling, uh, that every word that he wrote was worth 25 shillings. And so this uh, statement in God Out uh, was said that every, you know, every word he wrote was valuable, worth 25 shillings. And so a group of college students decided to take this literally, and they got together and they wrote him a letter, and they said, we understand that every word you write is worth 25 shillings. Enclosed is 25 shillings. Send us your best word. <laughs> Kipling replied, Thanks. We have been talking about thankfulness, about gratitude in this series uh, that is connecting the, the holidays of Thanksgiving to Christmas. We'll be talking next week about the, the greatest gift that God has given us, sending the Son of God into this world. And so it's been great to go into this biblical topic uh, fairly in-depth, although there's so much there. We've talked about gratitude and the glory of God and the fact that we were made for God's glory. That is our purpose. That is the reason why we, that's the reason why you exist for his glory. And giving him thanks gives him glory. So having thankfulness in our hearts and giving that to God is a non-negotiable. It's, it's essential to the purpose why you exist in this world. And when we give thanks to God, he gets the glory because the giver is the one who gets the glory. He deserves it. He's the one that gets it. We've talked about growing in gratitude, that many of us realize that we are not as thankful as we would like to be, as we ought to be, and how can we grow in that? We've talked about that we can grow in gratitude by killing hindrances to gratitude, such as a sense of entitlement or indifference or especially spiritual deadness. We talked about giving thanks in all things. And last Sunday we talked about having thankfulness for, for common things, for unusual things that we normally don't think about, and also for giving thanks in the hardest things too. And that giving thanks in all things, and especially even in the hardest things, is what makes gratitude truly beautiful and truly God-glorifying. The message today that we're going to talk about is titled Beyond Gratitude, which just from the title, it doesn't really give a lot of hint as far as what we're talking about. But in this message, I want to talk about two ways in which feelings of gratitude are not enough. That we need to go beyond just feelings of gratitude because if we just stop there, it's incomplete, it's not enough. So the first point we'll be looking at is that gratitude starts in the heart, but it should give birth to action. Gratitude is something that it, the feelings, it starts in the heart, it needs to, it ought to, but it shouldn't end there. It needs to give birth to action. Maybe you look at a, a longer passage of Scripture here from the, uh, from the book of Colossians. This is Colossians chapter 3. 12 through 17, I'll bring it, bring it up on the screen. It talks about thankfulness several times. Uh, but what I like about this, it shows how many things in the Christian life are all interconnected. And therefore, they're connected to thankfulness. And you really, I think you can't pull out just one of these things and have it work. They're all, all together here. So let me just uh, read this passage. Put on, then, 
as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we see in this passage, and we've looked at part of this uh, in previous messages, but we see we're going to come at this in a slightly different angle today. Uh, the issue of thankfulness at least three times here and connected to all of these different things. So we look at the times that it talks about thankfulness. In verse 15, it says, be thankful. As part of it, God wants us to be this way. He wants us to be thankful people. And then in verse 16, it says that thankfulness should be in our hearts. This is something that is, uh, we're trying to get at, that it starts in our heart. It's, this isn't just being polite. This isn't just putting on a show. Thankfulness is not about having other people think that you are a thankful, polite person. It should genuinely start in your heart. And when it genuinely starts in your heart, it should come out naturally. Sometimes we need to, we need to push it out because we're sinners and sometimes things get clogged. But there's a part of it when we do express our thankfulness and when it's from our heart that there's so much joy. You're not just going through the motions. If you don't have a thankful heart and you're going to try and do all the things that we're talking about, uh, you know, maybe some of those might kind of prime the pump a little bit, but it's not going to be the same as when it's actually coming out of a genuine heart. And for it to be real in the way that God wants us to, it, it, it needs to start in the heart. So we see that in verse 16. We also see in verse 16, that it is directed to God. That the thankfulness we have is not just a general, generic thankfulness to the world or to the universe. You need someone to be thankful to, and ultimately it's to God because he is the source and giver of all things. And specifically, to God the Father through Jesus Christ. His blessings come from God the Father, and they're, they're channeled through Jesus Christ. And if it wasn't for Jesus and what he did for us, uh, there, would be, there would be no blessings for us. There would be no opportunity even for the unbelievers to have a, a chance to be on this earth to hopefully turn to Christ to be saved. Every blessing is from him. All grace is from God and through Jesus Christ. And we know other places in Scripture too, the work of the Holy Spirit to, uh, to uh, administer that as well. And in verse 17, it says that we're also to give thanks. So thankfulness it starts in the heart. We're to be thankful. It's in our heart. But then we're to, to give it. It doesn't just stay there. It's something that goes out from the heart. So to put this in a, in a different way, uh, for if, to make this more graphically oriented, we have gratitude. It is in our heart. It shouldn't just stay in our heart. It should come out into action. We should be doing thankfulness. Thankfulness is something... That, that we do. 
Remember the story of the ten lepers? Jesus heals them, and they go, and we assume they didn't have thankfulness, or they, there was something that was problematic. We know the one that turned back to have faith. But what if the nine that didn't turn back and expressed that to Jesus, you know, they had thankfulness. They had, there had to be something about them that was uh, glad that they didn't have leprosy anymore, but they didn't express it. They didn't have the completion of it because they didn't turn around and give that thanks to, to God the Son the way that they should have. So gratitude, it can't just stay in the heart. That's why I'm saying feelings of gratitude aren't enough. It can't just stay in the intentions either. You can have a lot of intentions to do good things, uh, but if it just stays there, it's, it's not how it ought to be. But you know what? It, intentions, if we were judged just by good intentions, man, I am one of the best people in the world. Seriously, if just judge me by my intentions, I am incredible, okay? Uh, there's so many things I just intend to do. Whether they all make it out, not, a lot of them don't. Um, but it, maybe it's the same way with you. You think of the things, I, I'd love to do this. I, I want to give thanks to this person. I should have told them this. I should have done this thing. But it doesn't make it out. So that's a big part of the, the first part of this message is hopefully God is helping us to develop thankfulness in our heart, but then we need to get it out of our heart. We need, to, we need to do something with it. It's still in our heart, but it's being put forward into, into action. I agree with Sam Crabtree, who wrote a really good book recently called Practicing Thankfulness. And he writes, Feelings matter, but so does doing. To state the obvious, thanksgiving is an act of giving. It is, it's an action. To practice thankfulness, you don't just feel something, you do something. Thanks is something you give. Now, before we go on, something important that I want to stress is that when we talk about this action of thanksgiving, this action is a response to what has already been given to you. It's a response to that you've received a gift, and a real gift is something that that you didn't deserve. It's just been given to you, uh, and you're expressing thanks for that. So this is an action in response to what has already been given. It is not action for what you hope to earn. It is not a bribe. It is not trying to earn God's favor. It is thankfulness for what he has already given us, for the free gift. So I want to talk just for a little bit here about just some of the practical ways that we can um, express gratitude, that we can, we can give gratitude. And I, I have 12 of these, okay? And some are kind of general, and you could... Uh, come up with a lot more, okay? A lot more. So, in fact, I hope you do. Okay, I hope you take this list, and I hope that you make it more specific. I hope that if there's things that uh, I don't say, but you come up with, you write it down. And maybe that's God, uh, you know, by his, his Spirit prompting you in your heart that this is something he wants you to do. Maybe there are specific ways that make sense for you that wouldn't make sense to the person in the pew behind you or in front of you. But think of these different things. So these, what I'm going to give you, are practical ways that you can put thankfulness into action. So not an exclusive, exhaustive list, but um, quite a few. And the first of these are going to be all directed towards God. Because he is the ultimate source. Okay, He is where every good gift comes from. And no matter what, he is the one that our thankfulness should be directed to. 
So if you're just thankful to, to other people or just the world, that's, that's not enough. It needs to be directed to God. And one of the obvious and most important ways is thanking God in prayer. Prayer is uh, important, and yes, it's okay to be praying, asking God for things to supply your needs. You know, we adore him. There's all these different aspects of prayer, but we can't leave out thankfulness from this. In our prayer, in Scripture talks about this, that we, we give God thanks in our prayers. And I would say, spend time trying to be specific in things that you are thankful to God about. Giving, giving him thanks for, for specific things. And try to avoid, you know, the habit that sometimes we get of, you know, the same, you know, three things, you know, every, every time. But maybe help make a list. Um, and thank God various times. You know, most of us, we realize that we want to be working on our prayer life, having more time where we're focusing in prayer. It doesn't mean that every prayer that we do needs to be an hour and a half long. Um, there might be some longer times that you do spend in prayer, and that's good. But um, get in a routine that you're, you're praying to God when you rise in the morning. That that's the first conversation that you have. That when you do devotions, I hope you're spending time in God's word somehow. Um, and maybe ideally early in the day at meals, we talked about that. I think it is biblical to, to pray before meals, giving thanks for the food and thanks for other things. But you can also give thanks when you're, when you're driving, uh, when you're going to bed and just continuously. And there's also a place for giving praise and thankfulness together with God's people. So there's individual prayer life, but also corporately together. It's been said that the worst moment for an atheist is when he is genuinely thankful but has nobody to thank. But we have somebody to thank. And so let's, let's tell him. Don't just be like, you know, some, uh, you're a healed leper that may have, you know, Jesus healed and he doesn't turn around to actually say it to God. Let's say it to him, and that's what prayer is. And sometimes we also say it uh, in, in song, worshiping God with songs of gratitude. In that Colossians passage, it talks about, you know, hymns of praise. Uh, for, and we see it all through the, through the Psalms and various places in Scripture, Worship is more than just what we do when we sing. And you don't even have to sing to worship, but that's a part of it. And you can do that individually. We all gather together uh, to do that as well. And that's biblical and it's good. But especially focus on the things that you can be thankful for. When we're singing the lyrics, uh, try to focus your mind on what the words are saying and how it applies to you and the things that uh, God has done in your heart, your salvation, his faithfulness in your life. You know, the more that you think of these things, you know, in your heart as you're singing, the more meaningful it is, well, both to you, but especially you're giving praise to God, who is the giver of every good thing. And again, this is, it's focused on God. He is the ultimate one because he is the source of all of these things. G.K. Chesterton once said, If my children wake up on Christmas morning and have somebody to thank for putting candy into their stockings, have I no one to thank for putting two feet in mine? All the things that God does for us, that he has done for us, he's a source of every blessing. We focus on him in in our praise, in our prayers, 
And it's not just when we're doing those, you know, kind of religious things, you know, praying and, and worshiping, we should do those. But make sure that you are, you dedicate yourself to God as, as his servant, that you realize this. I mean, this is, you know, part of being a Christian and living under the lordship of Christ. But just recognize the fact that, that God is Lord, that you are the one that uh, you're responding to him as, as your master, uh, not to earn your salvation, but he has saved you. If there's anyone that, that you owe a life debt to, it's him. Okay? Not a debt that you can ever hope to repay. We, we're not trying to repay God for anything, but we're living in response to what he has given us. And just the fact that he made us to begin with is enough that we should pledge ourselves to him as our, our Lord and Master forever. But how much more when we realize that we had gone astray and we've rebelled against the God that made us and Jesus came down, that's why we celebrate Christmas, to come to this world to be the God-man so that he could die for you and that he died on the cross to take away your sins and to give you eternal life with him. How much more then should you, as it says in Scripture, to... Uh, to present yourself to him as a, as a living sacrifice, giving him thanks in that way, giving him your whole self. Romans 12, 1 talks about that. Acknowledge that he is Lord and you are his, his willing servant, even his, his willing slave, if you're willing to say it that way. It's scriptural terminology that we're willing to serve him. And this makes you realize that you can live in thankfulness to him in everything that you do. You know, as you're just going through life, as you're fulfilling all of your callings, as you're trying to be a good husband or a dad or a wife or a mom, a grandparent, a good child, as you're trying to serve him in the workplace and in everything you're doing, you can do this as an expression of thankfulness to him in everything. So make sure that you're dedicating and reminding yourself that you are his servant and you're serving him out of thankfulness. Another very real scriptural way is to thank God with tithes and offerings contributing to the Lord's work. You know, in the Old Testament, there was, uh, you know, there, there, there are tithes and offerings, and they would give sacrifices, and there were specific thanksgiving offerings that they would do. And we don't have the same sacrificial, um, uh, you know, system. We're not presenting animals to be sacrificed because Jesus Christ is the final sacrifice, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. But we realize that God has given us resources and as we, we give to him with our, with our offerings, with our tithes, um, uh, giving him, whether it's a 10% or you're going above that, uh, that this is giving back to him of the resources he has given us out of thankfulness, recognizing that it doesn't belong to us ultimately, that he is the source. And we want it to be used for his, for his glory. And so, you know, when you make part of your worship, uh, whether it's, um, you know, giving in the offering box in the back or giving you know, online, you know, just have that be something that comes from your heart as well. And I'm glad that I can be saying this right now, not in the sense of we're desperate for money and, you know, trying to, to squeeze it from you because I'm, I'm thankful that the church is doing well because of the generosity of uh, God's people here. And we hope that to continue because it's healthy for a church, and it's an expression of praise and, and gratitude towards him. I don't have time to read the whole section, but in 2 Corinthians 9, 6-15, there's a long section on 
uh, giving, and it mentions thanksgiving and thankfulness several times. And it starts by saying, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and, what are, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And then it talks about being, being generous and this producing thanksgiving to God. And in verse 15, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. He has given to us and we give for his continuing work. I think another thing you could do too is uh, to make some kind of memorial or tradition to remind yourself of God's faithfulness. You know, as we were in the book of uh, Joshua over the summer, we saw some of this, that they would make, uh, you know, sometimes different, you know, uh, monuments or build an Ebenezer, different things uh, that would remind them of God was brought them safely thus far. Um, and maybe there's different things that even as a family that you can do, different traditions. You know, not tradition in a weird man way, legalistic sense, but maybe different things that we remind ourselves so we don't forget. That's why, you know, memorials, uh, different um, you know, things in the calendar can be, can be very helpful because otherwise, you know, we get so wrapped up in the present or what's coming next that we forget to look back on the blessings that we've been given in the past. You know, it's the Lord's Supper that we take, you know, as we remember and keep remembering what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross, his body being broken, his blood being shed for us. As that's a biblically ordained example of that. Um, that's what we have to do, but there might be others that you can be creative that, that cause you to remember things that God has done for you. And you can thank God for the people he uses in your life. And you're going to see this first column is focus on God. The second column, I'm going to talk about how we can be more thankful to people that are around us. But realize so many times in Scripture uh, that you'll see like the Apostle Paul, for example, saying something along the lines of, you know, I thank God for you every time I remember you in my prayers. And so he is thankful for people. He's expressing that to the people but he's recognizing that they are a gift of God and that God is working through these people in his life. And think of all the people that are around you that God works through them in your life and you can be thankful for them, but remember that they are the, the instrument, the conduit that God is working through them. So your thankfulness doesn't just end on them. You are thankful for them, but you're thankful for uh, the God that is working through them. And I think that is biblical and that is a good thing to do. So with that in mind, here's some you know, ways to be thankful to other people and how to express that. And this keeps that thankfulness in our heart cultivated. Some of these are super obvious. And so it might not be something that is um, as much like, oh, pastor, you give me this. I had never thought of this before. But more of it's like, yeah, I need to look for ways to maybe do this better or more often. But one would be, okay, just saying thank you. Actually saying it. I think a lot of times we are thankful to people, and sometimes we just have to make a point of expressing that to people, telling them this. And maybe it doesn't always have to be just the words thank you, 
but telling them why you appreciate them, why you are thankful for God working through uh, them in your life. And you look through any of the letters uh, that Paul has written, and he, he says these type of things, that he, what he is thankful for of God working through these people. And sometimes we can face-to-face tell people that and look for opportunities to, to talk to people. Be like the, the one leper out of the ten that actually turned around and actually went to, uh, well, that was to Jesus, and, tell, and told him. So get it, have it not just be in your heart, but something that you actually say. And be genuine about it. Again, this is not just being polite, saying the polite thank you. I know we train our kids to do that, and we should, and that's good. But we want it to be heartfelt. And there's other ways in the world today that we can do this as well, too. Um, you know, there's emails, there's texts, there's ways we can tell people thank you uh, in different ways, too. And sometimes one is more appropriate than the other. Sometimes one might be more meaningful than the other. And it doesn't mean that it needs to be a 2,000 you know, word document uh, every time. It might be something you know, simple, or maybe it is something you go in more in-depth. But think of times you might want to do that. There's also, in the days before texting, and the days before email, there was another way that people communicated that would have you consider. And because this is so kind of rare in our world today, there might be times that this has a special, um, a special punch to it. So consider handwriting a thank you message in a short letter or, or a card, and maybe even mailing it. You know, and so, you know, giving it to them or, or mailing it. But I think there's a way that, you know, when you write something out, uh, that it can have an extra uh, special uh, meaning to them. And different people are going to go into different detail. I, I get that, and it depends. Uh, some of you are really good at this and, um, <clears throat> you know, write short little, you know, essays. Um, and that might not be everyone, but uh, something to really consider. I know there are business executives that have made it a practice uh, that they have had to write at least one thank you, you know, card a day. You know, these are just business people um, trying to be good leaders. You know, how much more, you know, can we as, as Christians that should have gratefulness in our heart try to be expressing that? I'm not trying to be legalistic about any of these things, but these are things maybe you want to consider how you could kind of up your game in expressing your gratitude. Um, maybe you want to try, you know, doing kind of one card a day. Maybe one a week or something is, uh, would be a good next step for you. Or maybe one a day for a week and see how that goes. Sometimes, you know, I think it's the busyness that uh, keeps us from doing it, where we have the intention, I want to thank a person, but, you know, we don't get around to it, and then it slips our mind. You know, sometimes, you know, if you make notes on your phone or if you have a little to-do app or something like that, Sometimes it's good the instant you think about it, like, I should thank this person, you make yourself a to-do list so that eventually you can, you can do that and have it done. So again, this is about, you know, having it not just in the heart, but expressing it. And sometimes it can be a thoughtful gift. Not that it always needs to be, not that that's always even better, because uh, sometimes it's, it, the words are more expressive, but this could be something that you're called to, another tool Sometimes you want to express your gratitude publicly. There are times when it's good to say it in front of other people. 
And I think I can back that up because you think of the times in Scripture when Paul mentions that he is grateful for people, and he writes it in Scripture, which we're reading, which these letters get passed around, and sometimes he even lists specific people that he is highlighting, saying, I'm thankful for this person and what they do. So I think there can be biblical to specifically you know, give thankfulness that uh, you're letting other people know about. A caution I would have with that would be to watch your motives because we all have you know, that sinful part in our heart that can take something good and kind of twist it. And so when you do express thankfulness for other people, just, remind your, just ask yourself, you know, who is this really about? Is it about them or is it about me? Is it I want to express my thankfulness or I want to be seen expressing my thankfulness or some other motive? Because sometimes that can slip in a little bit too. The kind of one of the last thing, and I, this one kind of unpacks to others, but let the blessings you have been given overflow to others. Or God is the one that gives these gifts to us. And there's so many things. And we want to have them just not stop with us, but just to overflow into other people. And especially uh, people that can be helped with these things, people that, that need these other things. God is blessed each of us, how can we use these things to be a blessing to other people? So some of these, we think of what we've been given that we can give to others, can include, you know, resources. That might include financial resources, helping other people in need, uh, giving them help, things that they're not able to do that you can do, that you can help them with that. Um, Time, effort, these are all gifts, these are all things that God has given to us that we can use to show gratefulness to other people. Forgiveness. I think that that is a way that you are, are, have been given something, a blessing that you can now extend to others. In that Colossians passage, it talked about forgiving others as God has forgiven us. I don't know, I, I, I don't deserve the forgiveness that I have been given. And so I have been given something I don't deserve, so I can give that to other people even if they don't deserve my forgiveness as well. So if God has forgiven you and you didn't deserve it, then you can forgive other people even if they don't deserve it as well too. It's something that God has given to you that you can let overflow into other people. Love, friendship, service, serving other people. Again, not as, a, not as some kind of life debt um, but it's genuine appreciation and evangelism. And be given the gospel message, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. We don't want to keep that to ourselves. We want to let that spill over and for other people to know about it and other people to have this salvation as well. So if you have been blessed by God, bless God in return and be a blessing to others. Sometimes in Scripture it talks about, you know, bless God, and we think, well, how do we do that? Well, he blesses us. We bless him back by giving him our praise and our thankfulness. It's not giving him something that he lacks. It's just giving back to him uh, our praise. And we have, remember, because he's the giver. The giver gets the glory. God is the source. And remember, we're like the moon. Okay, he's like the sun. We're like the moon. So we reflect back to him. Blessings, blessing him means giving him our thanks and giving him our praise and also letting that spill out to other people so that they can be blessed by what God has given to us. So that's the first thing. 
we need to go beyond feelings of gratitude to put that into action. And the second thing I want to talk about, the first is action, and the second is hope. Looking back in gratitude gives fuel for looking forward in hope. Let me explain this. The Christian life can be summarized, I think, with what's called the three G's. And I actually think this is really, really helpful. So the Christian life, three G's of guilt, grace, and gratitude. I think what the Christian life is all about. So at first it means that we acknowledge that we are guilty. We are not, we are not good people to the core. We are not better than other people. We are not innocent. Probably we acknowledge that we are sinners, that we have all fallen short, and this is not an excusable thing. It's not, well, everyone does stuff that's wrong, and no, no big deal. It is a big deal, because God is the one that is pure. He is the one that is holy, and to sin is to sin against him, and that is a really big deal. So the start of the Christian life is we recognize this fact, and we stop making excuses, You know, we take ownership of our guilt and we just acknowledge it and we acknowledge the fact that I've blown it, I have no excuse, and I deserve what I got coming and what I got coming isn't good. But thankfully, it doesn't end with just guilt. That would be the worst thing. If this was all about, you're guilty, guess what? You deserve condemnation and that's the whole story. But the grace part, grace means free gift. That God saves us, as Christians, we recognize this, we've received the salvation, and grace means free gift, and this is a gift that was free to us, but was earned by Jesus Christ, by the God-man, who came, that's why we celebrate Christmas, his his coming, becoming the God-man, so that he could live this perfect life and die on the cross on our behalf. And so we're saved, the Bible says, by grace alone. It's not something we deserve. It's not something you earn. You can't even earn 1% of your salvation. It's just a free gift that you receive by faith, by trusting in him. So, okay, we get that part. But what about good deeds? What about the things we're supposed to do? Well, that's where gratitude is next. And it has to be in this order. So we recognize that we're sinners we recognize and accept that Jesus Christ died for us. We turn to him. We trust him alone as, as Savior and Lord. And now our hearts are changed. We have born-again hearts that uh, love him and are filled with gratitude. So we do want to live for him. We do want to do good works. We're called to do good works. We're called to have a changed life. But it's not to earn our salvation It's just saying thanks to God for what he's already given us. And that changes things so much compared to all other religions or mindsets that say that you have to work and you have to earn your salvation. Christianity is the opposite of that. It's that God has already done it. He's already done what's required, and we're just saying thank you to him out of a thankful heart. So this part of guilt, grace, gratitude, this is biblical, this is helpful, but when we think of gratitude— we need to also recognize that the Bible unpacks this more and says more about this. And that gratitude is essential, but just gratitude, just looking back to what God has done, is not the whole story. It is not completely enough. Gratitude is essential, but it's not enough. And, and gratitude 
can only take you so far in the Christian life if it's all just about looking back. Looking back only to what he's done. Okay, I'm thankful God has done this in the past. I should be thankful for that. There's nothing really in the future, but I should be thankful for what he's done for me in the past. Okay? Now you realize, okay, yeah, if you think of it that way, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And there's times you can think of people in your life that they've done good things, and you think back. You know, and even if somebody saved your life, they pulled you out of a burning building. You may have gratitude, but okay, that's, that's happened in the past. And you could try your best to keep remembering it and have it motivate you. But how much more if there's also things in the future to look forward to? And that's where the Bible talks about more than just looking back in the past. So looking back isn't, looking back only isn't enough. And looking back only isn't biblical because the Bible actually offers us more motivation. Because God not only gave us goodness in the past, he also promises more goodness to us in the future. There's more yet to come that you can look forward to. That's a beautiful thing. God not only gave us undeserved goodness in the past, he promises to give us more undeserved goodness, more grace in the future. And faith in God's future promises in his future goodness, his future, this is called hope. This is looking forward to this. This is what John Piper calls a future grace. And it is scriptural and it is good. Faith in God's future promises is called hope. So if we think about this, gratitude is looking back in faith to God's grace. So when you're grateful, you're thinking about what God has done, you're grateful for it. And then, on the flip side, hope is looking forward in faith to God's future grace that he is going to be given us. There's what he has done and what he will do. And the gratitude that we have for God, what he has, is the fuel that lets us know that we can look forward in hope to God's future promises that he has for us. Let me give you, as we wrap up here, just there's so many verses, passages we could look at, and I realize I needed to cut out a bunch to make this not too long, but here's one that makes it really obvious. 2 Corinthians 1.10, he delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. So here, it uses, it doesn't use the word gratitude, but it talks about looking back. God has delivered us. For us, we can think God has saved us. If you're a Christian, he has saved you from, from sin already. He saved you from condemnation. But he also, there's a hope that we have that he will deliver us. He'll keep being with us. That he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it in the day of Christ Jesus. You look back in the past and it causes us to also look forward in hope to what he has done. And there's ways that you can even thank him for what he will do because it's so certain that it's, it's a done deal already. And one place, and I'll give you this because we're kind of in the Christmas season. In the Christmas story, after the birth of Christ, we have um, the account that they take Jesus to the temple to present him. And there we see, um, it talks about the prophetess Anna. And it says in Luke chapter 2, 
And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Benuel of the tribe of Asher. And she was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then was a widow until she was 84. And she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And reading that, I just noticed both of these looking back and looking forward. She's giving thanks to God. She's thankful for God's action in the past, his deliverance of, of the, the people of Israel time and time again, his faithfulness so often, even when they didn't deserve it, and all the things that had happened. And she knew that God had promised a Messiah, promised a Savior that would be, com- that would be coming. And she stayed at the temple because she was so eager. She was looking for him, looking for him. And now finally, that Jesus Christ had been born. The God-men had been born and and brought to the temple. And she was there and she was able to to, to see this. So she looked back and passed and thanking God for all this, she gave thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting. She's still waiting. You wait for something in the future for the redemption of Jerusalem. For God's continued work in his people and what he will do. So just the example of gratitude for the past and faith and hope in the future. And this was at that juncture where she was right at the first coming of Christ, the first, the first advent. And before that, he was promised and now he had come. And we find ourselves right now in between the two comings of Christ, between the two advents. And so we can look back to what God has done And we can look back not only to the fact that Jesus came into the world and was born on the, what we celebrate as the first Christmas, that he came, the God-man, God in flesh, and what he did in his life, and then dying on the cross for us and and being raised from the dead. And we look forward to the future, that there is promise a second coming of Christ, a second advent where he will come and he will rule and that he will vanquish evil from this world, that he will bring true justice, that he will set things right, that the dead in Christ will be raised, that we will be with him forever. There's so much that we have that we can be grateful for already. Man, there's so much, but there's so much more yet to come. And because of the fact that we know that God has been faithful in the past, we know that he will be faithful to us in the future. So may God fill your heart this Christmas with both gratitude and hope. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you. We thank you that you are the the source of all goodness. We thank you, God. And we thank you for sending Jesus Christ into this world. And we thank you that the Son of God was willing to come, born of the Holy Spirit, the God-man, For our salvation. We thank you for his perfect life. We are sinners, but he is not. And so then when he willingly went to the cross, he was taking the place of sinners like us, of anyone that is willing to turn to him and trust in Jesus Christ alone for their salvation. And Lord, again, I pray that if there's anyone here that has not received him and not turned to him yet, that you, by your grace, would Put your hooks in their heart. Turn that person to you that they may believe 
you and be saved. And Lord God, as you give them the gift of salvation, Lord, may you fill their hearts with gratitude. And as they look at your word and what you have promised, may you also give us all hope as we look forward to the future, your return, when you set all things right, and when you come again to be glorified in all of your saints, Lord God. And may we praise you and give you our thanks forever and ever and ever. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray these things. Amen.